All right, guys, here we go. Huge episode. We're going to talk Minnesota Wild. They cut Parisian Suter. What's next for them? We're going to talk about the NBA Finals, and we're going to give you an update on the Olympics. Here we go. Northeast Podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? Feeling pumped, man. I'm swell. How are you, bro? I am great, especially after how awesome our first podcast was this week. Go check out our screencast as we uh, continue with the summer of Star Wars. We did A New Hope. We talked about Loki. We talked about so many different shows and movies that you guys should be watching this summer. Um, So go check all that out um on our first podcast but we're excited to talk sports with you guys before we dive into some red hot sports talk uh we need you guys to give us a follow on twitter and instagram at nordeast podcast also subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcasts from and get the nordeast podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free for free thank you all right guys we are drinking a beer from our good friends over at modest seems like we do a lot because they're some of our best buddies in the area, and they make some of the best beer in the Midwest. Uh, Top Dead Center. This is a West Coast IPA. I'm so happy with this new West Coast IPA trend where they were like, all right, let's not try to make bitter beer face West Coast. Let's just make really clean West Coast IPAs, and I am here for it. I'm kind of sick of the like New England style triple, double, mm-hmm. double. I'm not sick of it, but. I'm like, just, it just I've had too many of them. Yeah. And I'm kind of like want to try other stuff. And so I've, I've really been enjoying these. So I like this. I think Modest is just, you know, top of the game. And I like everything that they do. Yeah, this is a really good beer. Mm-hmm. Love it. It's like a throwback to like four years ago when West Coast IPAs were. But I think a little more refined. Like I think when they were really popular then, it was sort of like how much yeah. hop flavor can we get in it. And yeah. they ended up really bitter. And they're like, all right, let's take that. But blend it with what we've learned about, you know, with like less bitter beers from the Northeast side. So yeah. I'm into it. This also tastes a little dank. dank. If you will. Yes. Yeah. You don't get the dank flavor so much in the, the, you know, unfiltered big fucking hazy beers. So I'm into it, man. Good job. Modest. All right, guys, here we go. We're going to start uh, with where I think we need to start today. Topic a this week is the Minnesota wild. Kind of crazy. They found a way to be relevant. The Minnesota wild. Um, I have to say Bill Guerin, I believe in Bill Guerin. I do. And I know that what he's trying to do here is something that there is like a 50-50 chance it, it blows up in his face. But I think that that's kind of what you have to do in sports. Is like you can't just go play it safe and just acquire assets and play it safe and hope all your prospects work out and hope no injuries happen and hope everything works out and you know you just and hope an expansion team doesn't steal a bunch of picks for yeah two out of the last six years. You you just you can't as a GM you have to take some risks and he is taking some calculated risks. He's trying to win now. And uh, he's making some exciting moves, and I, I just I believe in it. I do. And if you're not going to be great, then at least be exciting. And Minnesota sports are really freaking exciting. Um, Bill Guerin, does he look a little bit like kind of like a slimy dude? You know, I mean, I like what he's doing, but do you think he orders a sloppy steak? Oh, he does. <laughs> he does. He used to have slick back hair. This is pushed back. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. We we got into. I think you should leave, which is a great show, but that's a different podcast. Uh yeah, this was big news, man. It was it was interesting to see the wild like make national news and have everybody talking about this. So, Can you explain to me if this is good or bad? Though? So they so they cut 
um, Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. That was the big news. Both of them were on 13-year contracts. I think they have four years remaining or something on their deals. Um, Parisi was like a healthy scratch until there was an injury in the playoffs. Um, Suter was still playing pretty big minutes but had taken a step back. It sounds like these guys were like complete assholes and behind the scenes and were not well-liked by the team and that it was just kind of good riddance to be gone with them. Um, in the short term, it adds over um, $10 million in cap space, putting the Wild over $26 million in cap space going into this offseason. Kaprizov. <clears throat> Excuse me. Having right. to give a big deal to Kaprizov, probably having to give a big deal to Fiala, already giving a big deal to Eriksson Ek, having to sign a bunch of free agents. You know, they have a lot to do, and they're trying to bring in a top center. Looks like this Jack Eichner guy or something. Jack Eichel. Eichel. So Jack Eichel is the big trade target of everyone. He is like a 24-year-old center who was like a, the number two pick in the draft a few years ago, plays for the Buffalo Sabres. Um, two years ago, he had 36 goals and like 70-some points. Um, he's had over 24 goals every year. He's like seen as a top. Did He he went after McDavid, right? Yeah, I think he was the number two pick. It was pick McDavid and then Eichel. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he's a big deal. He's a really good player, but he has a neck injury that like he only played like three games or something. He hurt his neck. He wants to have surgery on it. Buffalo didn't think that any player had ever had this surgery or thinks doesn't, didn't think he needs it. So it's a little bit of a risk to go get him. He also has five years, 50 million on his deal. So he is supremely talented but it is definitely a bit of a risk if you're going to go get him um this year so hmm. i think that's kind of okay. one of the big targets for them um but yeah they get rid of precinct suitor in the short in the short term they get a bunch of cap space so they can re-sign some guys next year it's small savings and then they owe a bunch of money the next couple years after that so it will hurt them in the long run it will help them in the short term um i still think signing precinct suitor was the right move. You can't judge things nine years later when we went to the playoffs every year but one what, since signing them. We didn't win a Stanley Cup, but most teams don't. And, you know, I would have done it again. You know, it was exciting in the moment. It sucks that it ends like this, but that's kind of what you have to expect when you sign someone to a 13-year contract. Well, it was exciting in the moment and also for like four years after that. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they were still very productive. Absolutely. So um, those guys are gone. Um, it was big news that Ryan Suter was like being a huge douche. He didn't think he was going to, he was on the phone with Parisi after Parisi got cut or bought out. And then he got a call from Garen and didn't expect anything. He answered the call. Garen told him he was being bought out. And then he said, fuck you and hung up the phone. Really? And then PA called him later in the day to try to talk to him and then he pretty much said fuck you to PA too and like hung up on him so oh my god he just i think these guys are just douche douchebags and it's probably better i think they were not well liked locker room cancer maybe who knows yeah i think in they the were end. they were not well liked at least at this point in time um so maybe that's part of the reason that that he got you know wrapped up in it when garen was like talking about it, he was sort of like well it made a lot of sense i think to you know have their tenure come to an end at the same time and i'm like but why? I mean, there's two separate things. You could have easily done one without the other. I don't think he really gave a strong explanation of why. And maybe that is why. Maybe he's just an asshole. And nobody likes him. So it's like, let's clear the space and start fresh. So, yeah, that's going to happen. Um, this is Kaprizov's team. Um, you know, Eric Snack's going to take a bigger role, probably some kind of leadership role. Um, we'll see what happens with Fiala. He'll either be sign and trade or signed to a big deal. Um I don't know. It's just a new beginning for a fun wild team that I think we should be pretty excited about. I think it's the last of like the dead weight mm-hmm. from the Chuck Fletcher era. 
Yeah, I, I'm really excited about where they're going. So um, the big thing is that there's this expansion draft that everyone except for the fucking Vegas Golden Knights who just went to the Final Four and have no reason not to be part of it. Um, everyone else has to expose players. You can protect up to 10 players on your team. Well, the Vegas Knights have the best fans in <laughs> hockey, Eric. Best so. fans in hockey. Yeah. Play by different rules. Fuck them. All right, so here's the protection list for the Wild. These are the guys that cannot be picked. And just remember, guys in their rookie deals also are exempt from this. So... Um, they don't have to protect Kaprizov because he is not eligible. He hasn't, okay. doesn't have enough service time to be part of this. So the guys they're protecting are Matt Zuccarello, Kevin Fiala, Joel Eriksson Eck, Jordan Greenway, um, Felino, Hartman, Sturm are your forwards, the rest of them. Your defensemen are Spurgeon, Brodeen, and Dumba, and Talbot as your goalie, which was kind of a surprise. So the exposed players that they could lose, they'll lose one of these guys, um, Menel, Rask, Bugstad, um, Kakinen, and Saucy. And Saucy, Kakinen, and Rask are probably the most likely. I think Saucy makes... Isn't it Susie? Susie. He makes yeah. 2.75. Okay. They can have any one of those guys. I couldn't care less. Uh, yeah. Rask is the dream scenario because he makes $4 million, Yeah. And it would be great to get that off your books. Um, but Susie is going to be the and guy. Bugstad was only on like a one-year deal, wasn't he? He was just... He just 900. signed a $900,000 yeah, He's not okay. going to get picked. Mental's yeah. not going to pick. So this shouldn't have some huge impact on the team. Susie's good. He's a good player. It would suck to lose him. So that's probably who we're going to lose. It's yeah. usually the person that you don't want to lose. Yeah, is it'll, it'll for be a him. reason. He's so. he's going to be the guy to go. So that kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Um, and then the other big news um, is that Felino. Um, is it Nick Felino? Marcus. Well, who's our guy? Marcus. There's two of them. They're brothers. I thought we had Marcus Felino, but I could be wrong. So the brother is um, another good player. Um, let's see. Nick Felino is his brother, who also okay. is is really a good player. He, uh, a lot of people think he's going to sign with the Wild as a free agent. That's kind of the rumor of the day. So kind of fun. he would be a good Parisi replacement. Um, he's kind of like a grinder um, forward who can play on the power play. Who was a captain of his team. He just got traded at the deadline in a big deal for two first round picks, and um, he's going to be a free agent here. He's like thirty four years old, so he's he's not young, um, but he would slide into our third line, probably play power play minutes right away for us. And, you know, has a history of being a leader as a captain in the NHL. Well, you got to have veterans. Like you can't just have all inexperienced players, like especially in hockey. Like you got to have guys that have been through the ringer over and over Mm -hmm. and know what to expect. They're, they're consummate professionals. You know, they treat it like a, like the most important job in the world. And, and, you know, we saw that with like Eric Stahl, Mm -hmm. right. Who everyone's like, Oh my God, he's like 50 years old. Came in and played really well for the Wild. Like gave us a lot of good minutes, a lot of goals, a lot of big uh, moments for us. So um, I don't hate hockey. Is not one of those sports where like like oh he's over thirty, not going to produce anymore. Like they have lots of players that still produce well into their mid thirties. Okay, so I'm I'm fine with that. Cool. So this is what one person said per Michael Russo, who's you know the best in the biz. Nick Foligno to the Wild is almost a sure thing with a prote- projected contract of two years 2.9 million cap hit per year so about three million a year nick felino is 33 years old a defensive specialist who would slot into the wilds bottom six he's a former captain who would be great in the room and they probably can't sign him yet no because they want to wait till the expansion draft is over yeah so that Mm -hmm. they don't have to like add him to the list or potentially lose him interesting 
yeah, so just good stuff um, from the Wild. I think it's fun, and I think that there is for sure going to be a big Wild trade. They have two first-round picks in the draft coming up here. Um, they have all of their picks for years to come. I think that they're real set up. Um, I think the move to watch for here is um, Fiala in a sign-in trade plus Boldy, Matt Boldy, with like one of their big-time prospects, plus a first-round pick for a center. Eichel or someone else, Reinhardt or one of the big centers that they could go get for that kind of combo. Big prospect, big player, draft pick, first round pick. And that's because we heard, probably from Kaprizov's agent or whatever, that he wants a new center on the team. Absolutely. Yes, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he's so electric. If you pair him with a big time center, I mean, he's going to just pound in goals. And so the Wild know it. They know that center has been their biggest problem for a long time. And they're going to have to go find one this summer. It's easier said than done. But I think they're going to make some serious moves this summer. And that's a lot of fun. I heard Miko Koivu's available. Great. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, so there you go. Uh, lots of fun stuff watch to watch this week in the NHL. And uh, we move to the NBA. The Bucks take control of the NBA Finals. Um, finally, a home team loses a game. The saying of the series doesn't start until the home team loses a game happened in Game Five. The Bucks going home for Game Six, mm-hmm. up three to two, having won three in a row. Um, do does this game get back to Phoenix or this series? I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, I, I well, I'm going to stick with my original prediction of Suns in seven. So yes, it does, and then they win Game Six. They win Game Six and Seven. If Milwaukee, to me. But do I really think that's going to happen anymore? It's hard to imagine um, with Middleton sort of stepping up and actually Drew Holiday, like, having a fucking great game. Um, And obviously, I mean, the story is Giannis. Oh, my fucking God. He's taking control of the whole series. Um, I think they might just wrap it up. I kind of think they will. I I mean, it's kind of... it's here for the taking at this point. They shot at such a ridiculous clip, especially in the second half. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a team in the finals take more contested shots and nail almost all of them. I mean, yeah. what did they shoot in the second half? Like 70%? Yeah, it the Bucks did from the field. Crazy. Like, ridiculous. And if Booker wasn't going off on the other end, it was going to be a 25-point blowout for Milwaukee. Like, Chris Paul was invisible. Aiton didn't do very much. Yeah. Uh, Payne and Cam Johnson didn't get a ton of minutes. I don't know why. Chris Paul was, like, lost again. I don't know what happened to him. Like, he must be hurt. over machine right now. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't seem like himself. Uh, but also, like, Giannis wasn't even, like, he looked like he was at 60%. And yeah. they were still routing him. Like, just destroying them. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to just assume that they're going to wrap it up but you never know i mean it's been an exciting series it's been back and forth we've seen great performances from a lot of different people i'm cheering for game seven i just want to go to seven that's all i want i was gonna say allow me to put my tinfoil hat on for a second please as i think everyone was very disinterested in this series to begin with but then as the games kind of went on the the ratings are ticking up and so i think Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday are going to see some early foul trouble oh, in game okay. six. There we go. And the Sun, they're going to give the, the NBA will give the Suns a chance. Whether or not Chris Paul and Devin Booker and Aiton make shots down the stretch will be another story. But I think they're going to give them a chance to be in the game. Okay. I hope that happens, man. I'm still pulling for the Suns, but uh, it's, it's hard to root against Giannis. Dude is, is like it, he's making just, the right plays. He's saying all the right things. Although, can you imagine if if the 
it was a very close game. If the Bucks had lost this game, um, you'd have to look at Giannis's free throw shooting and him missing like two or three. I mean, he very, can't shoot free throws. It's cr- it's crazy. He just can't. It's a huge problem. I mean, dude, I would be hackershacking him. He, but, they, but, but they are hackershacking him. He had he took more free throws in that game than the entire Suns team combined. And it almost worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they just he. If you notice, he the game shoots before, like fifty percent. Yeah, if you notice the game before, they kept when he would drive to the hoop and they would foul him. He would try to pass it in the air so that they wouldn't have to make him shoot free throws. That mm-hmm. they would just get possession and the foul because their strategy of him just driving to the hoop and just getting everyone in foul trouble is just dominating the series. But it sucks when he has to shoot a bunch of free throws because he's so tragic. And it's that. really boring because he does actually take forever. I do love the Phoenix fans counting up to 10 and beyond because he he uses 11 or 12 seconds every fucking time. Um, it is a little that that part's interesting. But, you know, if, if Giannis continues to put up 40 points and have chase down blocks and all these incredible plays, no one's going to care. No one's going to remember his free throw shooting. They're just going to remember, you know, really the first true emergence of a, of a future superstar or, you know, current superstar. Well, let me ask you, uh, do you remember Shaq's free throw shooting numbers yeah. under Phil Jackson? Yeah, I mean, we do. Yeah, but, like, they were worse. They were, like, 30 No, but, like, yeah. it also didn't matter because right. they won. So, like, exactly. It, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with you in your point of, like, if the Bucks win, nobody's going to care that he went four for 12 from the free throw line yep. in game five. Yep. In a very un- NFL move and very good news. Seven of the eight NBA coaching vacancies have been taken by black men. And the only one that wasn't went to Carlisle, who was already a head coach and moved from one job to another. Yeah. Um, and they, and believe me, the NBA needs Rick Carlisle in the league. Like he's sure. just a fantastic coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, he, he deserved it. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not familiar with all these guys, but I'm assuming that they deserved it as well. Uh, it is cool to see, although, um, the, the Becky Hammond thing is getting a little old with her flying around with all these interviews and never getting it, but maybe she'll someday. get one. She'll, she'll get, get one eventually. She'll get one at one yeah. t- it just has to be the right fit too. Yeah. It needs to be a place where it will be a success for her with the fans and with the players. I mean, the situation is just fair or not. I mean, it's just, they're going to have to find the right spot for her. So mm-hmm. it'll happen. Yep. Um, also in the NBA, Dame, Dame Lillard wants out. Maybe he's claiming he doesn't know. He did, he didn't say that. He doesn't want to leave, but he is looking at his options. He's supposedly have said he wants to go to Philadelphia or New York. Okay. So the the thing with the Philadelphia move is that I'd want out of there too. That is a three team trade destination. Whoever ends up with Ben Simmons could be the team that's giving a bunch of assets and picks to Portland. Portland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For it will be like Shake Milton and a bunch of firsts and a another good young player to Portland, Lillard to um, Philly, Philly, and then Simmons to wherever, maybe Minnesota. Yeah, I mean it is it is a good sign. It does increase our chances of getting Ben Simmons. I think slightly. Well, um, I think the only problem would be salary for Portland because you got to match it within like ten percent. So you got to get an, give enough back. I guess maybe Philly has that. Or maybe some Philly combination. Of it the, needs to be a three-team deal. Yeah. So, and I don't think that they. I don't think if you're losing Dame, you're not going to be good. You're, you weren't good enough with him. You're not going to be right. good enough without him. So they are going to have to hit the reset a little. So they're going to want future assets. Picks, so bringing yeah. in a damaged goods Ben Simmons probably doesn't help them. No. And so yeah. you're going to need a third team, someone who wants him. So the teams that are rumored right now are the 
Pacers, who've made an offer already. The Wolves, who are very vocal about their want of him. The have, Kings have had meetings with yep, their execs. The Kings, um, the Raptors, and gosh, there was one other team. But someone's, I don't know. One other well, team. I heard the Lakers. The Lakers, too. but the Lakers trade is Schroeder and Kuzma. Yeah, they don't have much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's one trade to make. They, you want Kuzma and Schroeder, Schroeder, Schroeder or whatever? If you don't want them, that's all the guys we have. You know, there's yeah. no one else to move. So I think the problem with the Lakers is like they're gonna they're gonna move those guys for a piece, but they're probably gonna have to wait it out a little bit. So, um, yeah. And then you know, just again, Wolves definitely have made it very, 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 very known that they want Simmons. So again, it's gonna be something fun for us to watch over the next couple of weeks. If you're not gonna be good, at least be entertaining. And damn it, these teams are entertaining. Some kind of like rogue GMs here you know in minnesota right now they're trying different things to jump start some teams that have been kind of like stuck in the mud for a while i'm here for it and i like it i've been having fun in the off seasons um all right let's move on to the nfl okay so first up i think i think of this as sad news so richard sherman free agent future hall of famer cornerback one of the the heads of the players association in the nfl um, was arrested for a domestic assault um, and then it came up that there was also like a attempted burglary. There was also uh, some kind of charge from a different day where he did something with a police car. He like hit a police car and he like threatened police officers. Everyone is like, what a bad guy. What a jerk. What a dickhead. Blah, blah, blah. I think that this is like the kind of behavior that is so off the wall for someone who has been an asshole on the field, but a mild mannered Stanford grad off the field who's very well spoken very smart mm -hmm. very intelligent who is a leader in the NFL a leader amongst the players has never gotten in any trouble before I think that this is the kind of behavior that's like um junior Seau CTE stuff like yeah like Chris Benoit <laughs> like not good stuff like this is like brain injury alcoholism yeah. like mental health all colliding in the middle to to turn someone into something that they're not and so to me i i have been thinking like the nfl the nfl needs act fast and get this guy like the into most treatment program the most help because yeah. this isn't this could be something he deals with forever no matter what happens to him if he's got a serious enough brain injury and so um, it just it was it just like is a sad story to me i think when all the richard sherman critics you know, because he's very outspoken, and he yeah. should be, um, are, are just chomping at the bit. Like, they're foaming at the mouth. See? I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. He was just like all the rest of them, you know, like that kind of shit. And that drives me nuts. Yeah. Because like, that's not what's happening here at all. Because you, you, you found him on his absolutely worst day as a human being, right? And you have no idea what's going on inside of his head. And you're immediately judging him based on a, you know, a one-minute ring doorbell, you know, video. Um, and I agree with Eric that this falls under the sad category, mm -hmm. not the that's really disappointing that he went out and did that type of thing. This is like, like you said, that he needs help and he needs it immediately. Mm -hmm. Like there needs to be an intervention and there needs to be treatment, whatever that may be. Maybe he needs to retire. I mean, there might be some actual jail time that he has to serve over this. Like this, some of this stuff's pretty bad. So. Yeah. I think, though, um, that like the the... I think that like the fact that he drank two entire liters of alcohol 
to. He's it's going just, through it's something. Just yeah. like, Did you listen to the 911 call, by the way? No, I, I hate stuff like that. And I, I heard actually, the guy was like a dickhead. It was a chick. She she was so rude to the like the woman that called. His, I guess it was Richard Sherman's wife. It was so weird. It's awkward, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we were going to cover this, but we said, like, this isn't going to be fun. We're not going to, like, have fun with this fucking story. It's a sad story. It just sucks. And it's like, do you guys remember the Chris Benoit thing? Remember that? Uh, what happened? He was a so professional, professional wrestler, wrestler yep. and he... Shot, killed his family with a shotgun or something? No, he, like, he, like, smothered his kid, and then he, like, choked his wife to death, and then he hung himself with, like, weight equipment. And people were just like, what? Like... He was like a family man, supposedly. Like everyone was like, "This was so out of character." And then they they tested his brain, and they were like, "Oh, he had like a hundred and some concussions." Like we can tell the brain is so damaged that he's like like a hundred year old brain with Alzheimer's here. Like he's just yeah. he's his brain is just fried. Like mm-hmm. he's like probably not even the same person. And it's just like I think that we don't understand. You know, we understand that, like, a chemical imbalance in someone's brain can make them completely change. But it's like Junior Seau, you know, shot himself in the chest with a shotgun. And then they checked his brain and they're like, oh, yeah, this was really bad. And I think that we're going to keep seeing these sad stories so long as we don't, you know, understand how to protect people better. And it makes me, like, it, it makes me remind myself that when I watch football and I'm like, oh, man, they can't even hit each other anymore. Everything's a flag. That, like, with good reason. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people are risking their lives for fame and fortune, but um, we also don't want to see these things happen. And I think, like, the less big head hits we can get in a year, the better. And that means that sometimes we're going to be annoyed as fans. Agreed. Okay. It's a good take. Well said. So, in other football news, Jim brought this to our attention today. I like to hear this pro football reference went back and tallied all sacks in NFL history. Sacks were not considered a stat until like the mid 70s or Which something. Which seems crazy. It seems like incredibly important. Yeah. Football so, play not to even keep track of. But they went through and I don't know if they watched the games or did what, but they, they got them all. And holy shit were the Vikings dominant in this category. I mean, this is really our identity as a team, I think. Is pass rushing. It has been. It for sure has been, yeah. yeah. And so, what was it? Did you say six of? So, out of the top 25, six of them are Vikings. That's like heavily, heavily stacked. All right. So, it was, we, had, we were going through it. It's, you guys were, it was actually amazing. So, I asked before the pod if they could name them all. And Ryan and Eric were able to name five of six. And the one you missed, you guys really kicked yourself over. So, why don't you do it again? I don't have the list in front of me. It's Carl Eller. Carl Eller, Jim Brown. Or sorry, Jim, Jim Marshall, yep. Alan yep. Page, Alan Page, Chris Dolman, John Randall, John Randall, and Jared Allen. Yep, there you go. Six of the top twenty-five. Which, I mean, every one of those guys is, or I believe they're all Hall of Famers. Um, maybe Jim Marshall is not a Hall of Famer, but should be. And yeah, I oh, mean, I think I think he is. Yeah, so one of I think one of them is not, but I don't know. Anyways, it's cool, it's exciting, um, and it is. You're right. It's the. It's definitely the. The one position, uh, maybe receiver is second, that has been um, just consistently good here in Minnesota. Not it, quarterback. It ain't QB. I wish it was. It's definitely not quarterback when, like, people in Minnesota hate Cousins, and he's, like, at minimum one of the three best quarterbacks we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Easily. Like, that's that's not great. 
Um, all right, so we move on to uh, Major League Baseball. So it was the All-Star break this week. The trade deadline's right around the corner. Home run derby! The home run derby happened. Where it was electric. Pete Alonso won was it really? second straight home it run derby. It was so fun. Oh, okay. Did you watch it live? I did. Oh, okay. I loved it. Nice. Mostly because we didn't have to hear Chris Berman anymore. Mac, 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 mac. I, I hate Chris Berman. Um, yeah. Alonzo won for two years, the second year in a row, right? Yeah, he's made more money off the home run derby than he has off his salary. That's wild. You um, win that much money? It's, it's a million like, bucks. A million bucks to win it. What? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. So Why do you think they're trying so hard? Yeah, <laughs> no shit. That's why it's a big deal. Um, so the big thing everyone wanted to see was um, Otani, the superstar Japanese um, pitcher, designated hitter, plays for the Angels. Um, he's leading the league with 34 home runs. He's one of the best pitchers in the league. He started the game as a pitcher, struck a couple of guys. Anyone out? I think he struck someone out. He had a two-run home run in the game as well. I mean, um, he is one of the most, if not the most exciting player they've had in baseball in some time. And in reality, I think the big failure of baseball, besides just having a mostly boring product, is <laughs> yeah. is that they have the best bunch of young stars that they've had in so long. A decade. Um, yeah. Otani, um, Tatis Jr. with San Diego. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Uh, Vlad Jr. with Toronto. Juan Soto in Washington. Acuna, who just tore up his knee, but is a superstar down in Atlanta. I mean, there's just so many stud players that are coming up right now in the league i think you could throw buxton there couldn't you as somebody like young and exciting <laughs> he's, like, he's like 27 though okay. eric's talking about like, like super truly, young guys yeah okay okay like these guys are like 21 years old and they're like have 30 home runs already like right, it's crazy awesome. and so these guys are so exciting they're like the best players in the league they're like the most exciting um players that we've had in a long time and they have a real hard time making these guys everyday names um, Otani's is like the one name that people have been talking about a lot this year. And you get guys like Stephen A. Smith who go off on a tangent about how bad it is for baseball that Otani is the, the face of baseball right now because the guy can't even speak English and he needs to use a translator. And how can the face of your league not speak English? And it was just like the dumbest, most out-of-touch comment. Yeah, he got um, in a lot of trouble for it. He had to apologize. Oh, um, right, because we, we've... We've never had like any Dominican players that have had to learn English on the fly, right? Just or uh, or Cuban, maybe not Cuban, but like you know South American players, Venezuela, etc. None of those guys ever came through the league and had to like learn the language as they went, right? It, it just it's ridiculous. And he apologized. He had this big apology, but the damage is done. And it's it just like to me, I think that the reason I like soccer so much. The reason I'm like so passionately into soccer is because I love how global it is. And I love that my favorite team, the Arsenal, can go out. And they were rumored that they were trying to sign a teenager from, um, I don't know, some Central American country, I believe. Maybe it was, maybe it was South America, maybe it was Colombia. But it was something like that. Like some small country that they wanted to sign a guy from this year. They are trying to sign guys from all over Europe they have multiple guys from Africa on their team. They're trying to sign a guy from the U.S. supposedly. Like, I love that. I love the global part of of watching the melting pot of a sport um, where the teams have guys who speak all different languages. Some from Brazil, some from Argentina, some mm-hmm. from Spain, some from Germany. Some I love from, it. Yeah. 
And and so I think that sports leagues are smart enough to know that it's really critical to get into other markets, especially Asian markets, where there's tons of people and a real hunger for um, the sports that are played mostly in the West. And so this is just such a stupid out-of-touch comment from him. And I think Otani is like one of the best things that's happened to baseball. It's like it almost feels like he's going to get into a place where it's like Maguire territory where you're just like they're just like cutting to him like he's hitting another home run because he's 34 home runs already. This dude's going to hit 60 this year. Yeah, it's crazy. It was also wild that everyone was like Lance Lynn's stats are better. He should be starting pitching. Like, no, your biggest star should be starting pitching. Because That's the problem with baseball, right there. Exactly. I know. And it's such an old school way of thinking. Well, Lance Lynn's numbers are better. Nobody wants, nobody's coming to the ballpark to see Lance fucking Lynn start the <laughs> all star game. Like, put your biggest name on front and center. Because, like, once you sub him out, he can't pitch then. Didn't the so game like, start with, with Otani versus Tatis Jr.? Something like I that. I think that's what it was. I think it was. It's like yeah. they were just like, here we go. The future of the league. First at bat. That's what needs to happen. Exactly. That's why I I applauded, like, even though Otani's pitching numbers didn't necessarily warrant him to be the starter, he is the biggest name in Major League Baseball right now, globally, Mm -hmm. and he deserves a shot because, again, it's they only let you go a couple innings, if that. So let him have an at bat, let him throw an inning, and then you can take him out. Like, he can't, he can't, like, having a bat and then come back in and pitch later so they got to do it all like right away so just let it happen like i I thought it was a great decision and all of the old farts that write about baseball are like well he didn't really earn the starting pitching spot like who gives a fuck dude i'm so tired of hearing all these old white dudes tell me about how baseball should be done how i should enjoy it as a fan I want to watch the biggest names against the biggest names. You're the only old white guy I want to hear talk about baseball. Yeah, I'm pretty old. <laughs> I just think that, um, yeah, I mean, we should be embracing these young stars. They all seem to speak different languages. They all look different. They're all from different places, and that's the beauty of sports. And if you can't get on board with that, then I guess you shouldn't watch sports. There you go. Fair enough. Then you should just watch NASCAR. There you, yeah, watch NASCAR. Watch NASCAR. That's, that's always going to exist Go for off you. With NASCAR, They'll never change. You're you're just fine there. That's your safety don't bubble. Wa- don't watch F1. Formula One's got people from all over the world. Oh no no, you don't no, want. They, they got Australians. That. They got Germans. They got English. Yeah, that's that's too over the top. Just white, slightly overweight dudes going in circles. Going, going in, in circles. circles. That's yeah. all they need. And if if you're not white in NASCAR. It may or may not be a noose hanging in the garage, if you remember that wild yeah. story, which, which supposedly wasn't. Turned out the noose was a noose, but it had been there for years or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Somebody still put a noose in the garage. Into the only yeah. garage that the only black driver was in. So, yeah. All right. Um, next up, Twins have some big decisions to make. They are for sure out of it. They're one of the worst teams in the league. They're uh, the team that everyone is the most interested in trading players for. Um, they have to make some choices on mostly Brios and Buxton. Are these guys parts of the future? Are these guys big trade chips? Buxton and Brios and Rogers could be the three best players on the move and deadline day, or, or three of the very best. Um, but it, you know, is to be seen if they're going to make a move trading these guys or if they're going to try to resign them. The rumor is that they've offered seventy million, um, something like a five-year, seventy five million seven, yeah. dollar deal that a lot of people think could reach 90 to 100 if he met a bunch of 
like games. It's very incentive laden. And so yeah. the people in Major League Baseball in the know will say he probably will turn this down. Buxton is saying he wants to keep playing here, but what else is he supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I kind of think, think he's on the team in no my next season. No, no I I just don't. Well. I think that he would happily accept a fair offer from us, but I think that we don't have the money to offer him a fair offer because we know that we can't rely on him. And if you're the Yankees and you have a guy you can't rely on, you're you're going to be okay. If you're the Twins and you have a guy you can't rely on, you're kind of dead. And I think that it's just if I had to guess, I'd guess I'd guess Brios has a better chance of being here than Buxton now that that offers on the table. Oh, I completely disagree. You do? I think Brios is gone. I hope he's gone because that's the best chip that you ca- you have. I agree. That's like you could get a big time prospect for him. I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins blow it though. They probably will. And won't figure out a way to move him. Do you remember when we had the Santana trade and we got Carlos Gomez? (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) And Phil Humber. Yeah, Phil Humber and Carlos Gomez and some other pitcher. Phil Humber amazingly threw a no-hitter at some point in like 20 (laughs) major league starts, but he he only pitched for like three seasons. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't foresee the Twins moving as many assets as we'd like to see. I don't think there's a market for many of these guys. I don't think Simmons is going to move. I don't think Cruz is much of a market. There's, you know, six American League teams that could potentially trade for him, but what are you going to get back? Um, I think you should just move him for anything. If they're like, yeah, it's a fifth-round pick, great. See ya. Thanks. Um, At least we get something. Um, I don't think Nelson Cruz needs to be here next season for us to be successful. Or not, or rebuild, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Buxton has a better chance of re-signing with the Twins than Barrios. I think Barrios is going to command a number that is much higher than the Twins are willing to pay. I hope they burn it down. Yeah, you want anything that's not bolted to the floor, which cool. is just about everybody except Royce Lewis. I yeah, think. maybe like Kirloff, Larnock, Larnock, Lewis. That's about it. <laughs> Just anyone else can go. I think like we said last week, and they're not even bolted to the floor. They're just kind of nailed yeah. down. Yeah. 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 They, they could be pulled up with not Pretty a lot of easily. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, guys, here you go. The moment you've all been waiting for. I know everyone has been listening this whole time. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know. We know. We know. We know all these we, these things. We Summer love. of Star Wars? But here's oh. the moment you're, you've all been waiting for. That's right, guys. It's the Northeast Podcast Olympic update. update. You know that that's John Williams also? Yeah, John Williams he, he does fucking everything. Uh, yeah, Olympic update. What's your update? Olympic Village already has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's weird. I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's people that haven't even got there that can't go in because they have COVID and they can't do the, the Olympics at all. So. So who is that? Uh, what was her name? Coco, Coco Goff. Coco Goff, young, phenomenal tennis player. Like 17 years old, really good. Don't She got COVID. I don't know. They're not saying if she was vaccinated or not. I hope that, you know, she was. And I it hope wasn't that, just like, like a stupid fucking, like, my body, my choice. Oh, now I don't get to go to the Olympics. Okay, there's your lesson. But here's what I, I don't want to assume anything because it does happen that you can get vaccinated and get COVID. Apparently, Chris Paul, when he had COVID, he had, they say he was vaccinated, so... Who knows? Here's what I hope is that eventually, like, the document that she sent, like, the International Olympic Committee is, like, 
she so did not want to play in the Olympics. And it's like got like white out, you know, like over the negative part. And it's like handwritten in like positive. <laughs> like, I just don't even want to go and mess with this. Yeah. So. Yeah, that could be um, another like fun little tidbit is that we've now seen the beds that these athletes have. And they are um, made of cardboard. They're like special made cardboard beds. And, you know, they claim that it's so that they can like, you know, put them up and there's like ways to customize them for different athletes. And but it says right on them that you can only, you know, one person only per per these beds or else they could collapse. And the, the theory is they're trying to keep these young fucking sexually frustrated athletes off each other because it's like in the past it's kind of like part of the deal that all these athletes just have a lot of sex during the olympics which is great why not go for it they used to have like big bowls of condoms everywhere yeah, it's like part say, of the deal yeah it's part of the shtick right um well they're trying to prevent that maybe for covid reasons or maybe tokyo is just a little more prudish than we think they are but um yeah cardboard beds one person each that's the deal now there are two things that human beings can overcome in any situation and figure out a way to like MacGyver a way to do something. And number one is to be able to do drugs. And number two is to have sex. So I don't feel they're like they're going to get those things done. Aren't they? I don't feel like the cardboard bed is going to prevent. They're going to be like, well, we figured out a way to reinforce it with a two by four and yeah. we re-engineered the bottom of it. So once you put <laughs> these two, athletes are all of a sudden fucking mechanical engineers and shit. I mean, uh, if you were like a single, like obviously like, you know, well built like swimmer, and some girl from the track team was like, hey, let's figure this out. I guarantee you'd figure out a way We'd to make the mattress that on the floor. <laughs> I'd say, guys, I'd go into the hallway. It. Guys! And then we'd give each other COVID. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I'd be like, guys, all you got to do is fold the flaps down. Just put it flat on the floor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone flatten your beds. Yeah. And they can't hear you because they're too busy having sex. Yeah. yeah. Problem solved. Um, uh, so my my any other negative updates for the Olympics? Um, that's all we're covering. I mean, uh, we officially uh, here have uh, have decided our best advice for the Olympics is to cancel the fucking Olympics because they're so stupid. Okay. Well, I mean, things aren't going great for the American basketball team. But Eric, you say that they don't give a shit yet, and they're going to try hard when they have to. Yeah, I don't think they care at all. Yeah, they're they're losing to Australia, Nigeria, um, Spain. Another uh, hot, another hot Stephen A. Take Slovakia, somebody else. I don't know. They've lost every game. They haven't won a game yet. I don't think. Yeah, um, so that's not going great. But they really like. I just don't feel like these athletes. You know, unless you're, unless you're like your sport is not a year round thing, and this is like something that is your only time to like shine in your. And they have you know yearly big competitions and all these sports too, but nobody ever watches or cares about if you're a pole vaulter exactly like you gotta you gotta love the olympics like this is your fucking time but if you're like a big famous athlete it's like now just an inconvenience it doesn't seem like anybody gives a shit anymore oh i gotta go to tokyo yeah like how long is this thing and i have to be isolated for how long and i don't know i feel like these like kevin love just said hey my leg is hurting me too bad he's not gonna do it and somebody else got covid and they dropped out and um i don't know I don't think people care like they used to. There's no more pride in this world, Jim. Yeah, right. Back in my day... Things are changing yeah. too fast. Eric, your thoughts? Um, Besides cancel the Olympics. I just, like... I, I don't. I haven't heard one good story. It's been, like, the biggest disaster ever. 
And uh, yeah, I just I'm ready to. And it's gonna be fanless now, right? Yeah. There's, like, there's no nobody's no fans. gonna be allowed. I mean, it's just it's just gonna be awful. I mean, the only thing I think is cool about the Olympics is like someone telling me how cool Simone Biles was, and then I like see it on like um, reels. Right. I, I like see Simone Biles on reels and I'm like, dang, that was such a sick move. But that is my whole watching experience. Yeah, that's probably how you'll, you know, interact with the Olympics this year is via Instagram reels. That's about it. That's it. So that's been the Northeast Olympic update. That was a lot of fun, you guys. Well done. I well think done. we should keep this segment going. Let's keep it going. Um, only negative stories, though. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna promote the Olympics on this podcast. Oh yeah, I know. Now I'm bad. All right, guys. So that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. Go back, check out our first episode. It was super good. Summer of Star Wars is in full flight. It was the middle uh, six of eleven. We did New Hope. Um, we talked about so many different shows that you should be watching, movies you should check out, things to keep yourself busy. Over the next uh, few hot days, we're gonna have to spend some time inside, of course. So um, go check that out. Uh, Otherwise, until next week, thank you guys for hanging out with us, your best friends here at the Northeast Podcast.